and welcome to Wide World of Fan Fiction, where fan fiction is treated as the high art form and purest form of literature that it is. And today we have a pr pretty darn good story, actually, for our special New Year's Eve, pre-New Year's Eve. Whenever I upload this, because I will be out of town, <laughs> but it is New Year's Eve themed, and it is called New Year's Eve with the Doctor by Ravenna Blake. The Tenth Doctor and Rose chase an unknown alien to Earth on New Year's Eve. And is the Tenth? Okay, this is the Tenth Doctor and Rose, and it's rated T, and there are three chapters. And it was published in 2017 and updated in 2017, so... Hopefully, they got, Ravenna Blake got all the misspellings. Whatever, however they identify, I I don't want, some, some boys have girl names, some girls have boy names, and some people just have what the hell names. <laughs> I'm putting that on a cross stitch. Some girls have boy names, some boys have girl names, some people have what the hell names. And a lot of unnecessary whys. N nah, that won't fit on the cross stitch. Okay. <laughs> And as, I don't know how many chapters we'll get through, but it's the Tenth Doctor, so it's when they're writing with... I mean, I support women, and you should definitely hire people literally off Tumblr to write episodes. Sarcastic. Well, the sarcastic pause is over. <laughs> Anyway, here is New Year's, New Year's Eve with the Doctor, Chapter 1, Landing. The TARDIS wheezed and moaned as it tried to land in the most unobtrusive spot on the busy street. New Year's Eve was in full swing and the uncharacteristic warm weather had led to a surge in party activity. Street parties, barbecues, spontaneous outdoor dances were all, were all happening, along with the usual club and bar scene they, they had materialized near. The Doctor hadn't meant to land on New Year's Eve, but chasing a mysterious alien through time streams was bound to land you in, fu in funny little places at funny little times. God only knows what the creature went in with Earth on New Year's Eve in 2016. Rose, the Doctor called, sweeping up his trench coat and double-checking the scanner. He was definitely in the right place. Traces of radiation were all over this city on this night. Key, keying the sonic into the radiation signature, he barely paused to look up when a rumpled rose dragged herself into the control room. What? she asked with a yawn. He looked her up and down and figured she wouldn't get carted off for being dressed in shorts and a tee. She even had shoes on. Come on, we've landed. Hold on, she said. Where are we? What do I need to wear? Earth, New Year's Eve, 2016. You look fine. Come on or we'll lose it. He didn't wait for her to argue, lunging for the door and walking straight away from the TARDIS. He wasn't exactly sure which direction he was supposed to go in, but if he didn't look like he, if he and Rose would be straight back to her room, and he just didn't want to wait. The puzzle had been gnawing at him for days, and not knowing what it was, he was chasing was grating at him. All the readings he had been able to get off had kept ruling possibilities off the list, and he was growing very short on time-traveling species. Really short. As in, he had completely wrote out everything he knew. It was fascinating. It was frustrating. It was heading the other way. 
Rolling his eyes, he pivoted and pushed through a crowd of tipsy partygoers, who broke out in a storm of giggles and yells behind him. He could hear Rose apologize as she trotted to keep up, and he spared her a quick spar. Spared her. <laughs> That'd be a different fan fiction. Spared her a quick smile as she caught up with him, still jogging to make pace with his longer strides. Hold on, do we know what it is yet? She asked, obviously still trying to wake up. Nope, he replied, stopping abruptly to check the weird reading on the sonic. What at once she tried, not a clue. Where it where it is it where it is exactly? Somewhere in the city, he turned in a slow circle before taking a few steps in one direction, pausing, and then pacing back. Finally he found the direction the signal was strongest and took off again. So what you're saying, Rose huffed as she kept pace, is that I could have gotten dressed, maybe had something to eat, while the TARDIS narrowed down the signal or whatever, and we wouldn't be running around like idiots in the middle of a busy street. He inwardly he inwardly winced. She maybe possibly had a point, but he was so close. He just couldn't wait around and twiddle his thumbs while this thing kept teasing him. 2016, he deflected. Brilliant here. Well, good. He tilted his head. Ah, mediocre. Depends who you ask, really. Donald Trump elected into presidency. War still going on in the Middle East. Finding Dory released in cinemas. Live through 2016 as either the best or worst year of your life. He rolled his eyes at that. Humans, you can't half be melodramatic. Whatever, Rose said. You got a location or what? Seems to be coming from... He swiveled about and rushed through an alley and out onto another brightly lit street. Here, he said triumphantly, Sonic pointing at a sleek-looking club decked out in fairy light with music and, sm and smoke oozing out onto the street. He was about to head straight up to the entrance when Rose stopped him. We can't just walk in there, she hissed, arm gesturing at the long line of people dressed in the nines in cleaning dresses and designer jeans. And don't want, don't weigh the psychic paper about either. There's no way there's an inspection going on during a New Year's Eve party. The caterers and staff at all all have dress codes, and VIPs are going to be dressed up even more than that, more than, more than that lot. Uh, what do you suggest, in the doctor asked. I still searching the front of the building for any sign of odd alien activity. I suggest we go back to the TARDIS and get dressed into something a bit less comfortable. Rose scrunched her nose up at her own get-up, something I haven't just slept in, either. He ran a hand through his hair and tore his eyes away from the building long enough to look at her. We don't have much time. Who knows what it's doing or where it's going to go next? We have no way of knowing that it's going to stay in there. It's New Year's Eve, Rose said back. There's parties everywhere. Wherever it goes, we're going to need to blend in, and right now, we're not blending in. Unless we want to spend the night in prison, we're going to need to back up the psychic paper with something. So go get dressed, then, the doctor said. I'm going in. Give me a buzz when you're ready, and I'll come back for you. Yeah? He started over to the front of the waiting line, only feeling a little guilty for brushing Rose off when he looked back at her quickly. Only to see her marching back in the direction of the TARDIS, all tense and out of sorts. Letting out a sharp breath, he passed on a beaming smile and approached the bouncer, who looked like a child, who looked like he could easily be part ogre. The bouncer looked him up and down, clearly unimpressed, and went to turn back to the line of people who were giving him equally unimpressed looks. Uh, hello there, the doctor said, flashing the psychic paper. I believe I'm expected. The bouncer's eyebrows rose and he gave the doctor an ass another assessing look. Member, are you? Must be new. Didn't get the email, the dress code, and start time, did you? 
The doctor put on a wince and shrugged apologetically. System crashed a couple days ago. Only got the confirmation text this afternoon. Wasn't going to show up, but then plans got canceled at the last minute. You know how it is. He didn't even really know what he was rambling on about, but the bouncer had a semi-glazed expression that seemed to be working in his favor. So, I just go in, yeah? The bouncer gestured to his friend, who rushed around the section of red belt rope and unlocked it. Unhooked it. Ugh. Unhooked it. The doctor strode, for strode forwards, and just as he was about to push his way through the smoke and then through the dark cliff beyond, he, he ducked back and shook his head sharply. Sorry, almost forgot. My friend, she's been a bit delayed. Not great with plan changes. She's going to be a few minutes. Name's Rose Tyler. Blonde. Yay high? He gestured with his hand and then ducked back into the club before the bouncer could refuse the unspoken order to let her through when he saw her. Where are we at? Oh, we... Can we get through the entire thing? I maybe we can get through. Is it finished? No, it doesn't say complete, so... We'll get through what we have, and chapter two is called The Human Approach. Rose muttered under her breath as she shimmied her way into a deep blue dress that fell over her in drapes of silken fabric. She hadn't had time to take a proper look at what the main fashion was, but it seemed like it would fit in just about anywhere, which, which was, uh which was exactly what she was going for. Low-cut enough to draw some eyes, curve-hugging enough to keep them there, short enough to move freely, but long enough to keep them from flashing her knickers if she happened to bend over. She wished she had been able to find something similar with straps, but she was in a bit of a time crunch. She would just have to deal with the urge to yank the top of her dress on, up on a constant basis. Rose slipped into a pair of ridiculously, ugh, ridiculously high heels, the same shade as the dress. Roughly pulled her hair back in a messy updo, slapped on as much makeup as three minutes would allow, and grabbed a small uh, silver clutch with a long chain that she had found next to a whole heap of other assorted bags in the TARDIS wardrobe. In the tiny clutch, she managed to fit her wallet with some spare psychic paper, some money coughed up by the TARDIS, her phone, a torch, and a few other bits and pieces she scooped up in her mad dash around the TARDIS all of which shouldn't have fit in anything nearly that small. She <laughs> I thought exactly. She spared a moment to blow a kiss to the TARDIS and thanks before she trotted back out into the night. The TARDIS key she always kept on her, bouncing against her neck from its place of honor, as a pendant on a silver and blue choker. On any other night, she might, she might have spared a few minutes, worrying about whether the doctor would like her outfit, whether he would give her that big, goofy grin or of his when he saw her. Tonight, she just worried she shouldn't get the chance to slap him upside the head for running off on her. Approaching the front of the club, she paused, wondering whether it wouldn't just be better for her to wait near the TARDIS or try and sneak around the back. She didn't know if the doctor was still in the club, and she knew just how unlikely it was that he was going to hear his phone. If, she had, if, she, if he had it on him. Above all that racket, straining her shoulders, Rose figured she might as well try getting in anyway. For So what if he had already left already? She could pick up the trail, maybe find something that he had overlooked. She wasn't useless. Walking up to the bouncer, Rose tried not to think too hard about her mates and the times they had got, all gone out dancing. She missed them sometimes, even felt bad for taking off on them. But she couldn't say she would do things differently. Maybe say goodbye more often, or give them a ring every now and then. The bouncer looked at her questioningly, and Rose smiled and cleared her head. She stretched out her hand. Rose Tyler. She had learned that introducing herself confidently could sometimes open doors without having to pull any other tricks. 
You was a guy in the pinstripes and duster, the bouncer asked. Like now? Yep, that sounds like him. The bouncer stared at her uneasily before gesturing to someone just beyond the open door. Go on in, he said, as his friend pulled back some rope for her. Thanks, she beamed, adjusting the strap on her clutch and strutting as carefully as she could across the slightly uneven fold of carpet, lolling out onto the sidewalk. Tell your friend that we're not in the habit of letting people just walk in on big event days, the bouncer said, frowning as someone started causing a fuss near the front of the line. I will, Rose promised as sincerely as she could. The doctor, just barging in like this was the least of the topics they were going to discuss once she found him again. For before Rose had started traveling through time and space, she might have thought she had st stepped into another world as she crossed the threshold into the club. The air at once became oppressive, way down with heat, sound, sweat, and the distinctive tang of artificial smoke from the fog machine scattered about the place. The pounding bass, bass notes thumped, thumped, uh, thrummed through her chest, making, making her feel off-kilter as she as she scanned the dim room, slashing reds and blues from the colored spotlights hoisted out of sight. The thronging crowd in the middle of the room seemed to heave and pulse, as if it were one gigantic creature instead of about a hundred individual humans, and the intermittent strobing seemed to shatter time into a rolling series of snapshots. Shaking off her immediate feeling of displacement, Rose fought her way over to the bar, claiming the first spot available at the wave-like counter. She absently ordered a drink and went back to scanning the room, looking hard for anything that might be out of place. The music was slightly different than what she was used to listening to, but she didn't pay too much attention to it, focusing on people instead. With no idea of what they had been chasing, what it might look like or be after, Rose could only rely on her instincts as to what, uh, as to what might be abnormal. A good portion of people dancing looked out of it, but it was New Year's Eve at a club. There were people darting around the edge of the room, but they looked like a typical, the typical wallflowers. Designated drivers, resting dancers, and wait, was that a drug dealer? Rose shook her head. She toyed with her drink as she glanced at the bar staff. They all looked busy but professional. So far, as she, so far she couldn't see anything out of place. Not even someone in a suit and Converse runners. She could see an upstairs section for what looked like VIPs. That was her next stop. Surrendering her seat to one of the four-person thick crowd waiting at the bar, she skirted around the edge of the room, keeping to the walls to try and avoid racking up some bruises from the over-enthusiastic crowd. The stairs were next to a narrow hallway that led into darkness, pierced only by sunlight, by slightly flickering neon signs that advertised bathrooms. Deciding that that would be the last place she would have a look around, Rose climbed the stairs. Already hating that she couldn't just wear sneakers into a club as her feet started to ache. The, the noise muffled a bit as she climbed. The stairs on the push pat, plush padding of both lush carpets and cushioned booths, creating a small well of tolerable music levels for the high rollers. Rose tried her best to be inconspicuous, slow, strolling slowly past each booth and listening carefully to the conversation inside. The first two booths seemed to have a single group spread amongst it, and everyone was loudly crowing about how wasted they were getting and how awesome the rest of the night was going to be. Rose smiled at the antics of one of the party goers who was trying and failing to make her way up onto the sleek black table in the middle of the booth. Shaking her head, she kept walking, deciding that the next booth of people making out wasn't what she was looking for, and the one after that with two guys Feeling up their shared date probably wasn't going to get her the answer she was after either. 
The last booth held four people hunched over in what looked like a serious discussion, and Rose curious. Rose's curiosity pinged like crazy when she spotted the suspicious looks. One of the party, one of the party, was dating was uh, darting about the room. She made her way to uh, over to the okay railing of the balcony, trying to hear anything out of the conversation over the howling and thudding music. The hushed conversation was almost impossible to make out, but she thought that she could catch snippets. Something like a surprise and everything set in place and vital for it to work. Which yeah, she could probably be a which could probably be a perfect, uh, perfectly reasonable explanation for, but Rose had been yanked out of bed by a time traveling alien chasing an unknown creature into a busy club. She figured a little more eavesdropping wouldn't hurt. That was chapter three and chapter th two uh, and chapter three is called Fairy Tale with an E. And what? Dang, we should be able to get through all of this. Good choice, whoever picked this. <laughs> I was, I'm not sure sometimes with these. Sometimes they go longer. Sometimes they go shorter. Sometimes something jumps out so much. You have to talk about it. Turn <laughs> up bad. The do I mean, it, it's a story. I'm not cursing anything. The doctor was pressed up against a grungy alley bowl. Hands held up in a near-universal symbol of surrender as he stared wide-eyed at a creature that made even his brain hurt. The being was tall, well over six feet, more like seven. It was, plate it was plated with what looked like steel exoskeleton, rugged spikes layering over one another to protect what had, had to be more vulnerable flesh underneath. The glimpses he got of that flesh were hard to look at. What looked like galaxy swirled, ebbed and flowed through the flesh, giving the illusion that the creature was some whole in reality itself. A window to vast places unknown, trying to look past the effect was impossible, and gazing into what had to be the being's eyes gave the doctor a feeling of being swallowed into the universe itself. A feeling he hadn't come across since he was forced to look into the untempered schism as a child. He finally had an idea of what it was he had been chasing, and he knew now that it had been a very, very bad idea to leave the safety of the, tar the tar TARDIS. The creature looming over him was dangerously, and not just in the regular old look-you-up-and-take-you-over-the-world way, either. This kind of danger went beyond Slitheen, or werewolves, or even Daleks. This creature was a force of nature, one of the immutable elements of the universe. Like the Reapers, it existed for a purpose, and that was to fix something that had been fundamentally broken. The creature studied him, tilting its big spiked head before slowly retreating, its stunted muzzle scanning the alley for a particular center trace. The doctor let out a slow sigh of relief, but didn't dare move until the creature had retreated further down the alley, and even the... 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 <coughs> Even then, moving slowly and carefully as so it was to not grab its attention. The part of him that had actually listened to his lessons as a child about the name was told him to find Rose and get, to get the hell away from the city before they could be ripped apart and completely unmade by the creature he had encountered. The part of him that, reminded, that remembered that he was the only Time Lord left it reminded him that whatever the creature was looking for was something he was duty-bound to investigate, no matter the cost. Flinging open the back door to the club, he debated with himself, ruffling his already must hair before the stubborn, curiosity-driven, dusty, du du dusty, <laughs> the dusty part of the doctor, duty-bound part of him, went out. 
With a groan, he put he pushed back into the building, determined to at least find Rosa before he's setting off to figure out just what kind of horror could possibly draw a nameless down onto 21st century Earth. And that was New Year's Eve with the Doctor, all of it, and that. Honestly, pretty solid. There's. I really didn't catch any grammar or major spelling mistakes. If, probably have to read it again, but. They definitely. Uh, Ravenna Blake has a pretty good grasp on Doctor Who, so this is. Uh, this has to be up there with Harry Potter, Wielder of Infinity, and Master of Death, actually, so. Good job! It's. Dang, I am impressed by this. Uh, where's the fourth chapter? I would read the rest of this unironically, unlike Twilight fanfiction. <laughs> yeah, so if you like Doctor Who, I'd say check out New Year's Eve with a Doctor. And has she written any? Have they? Ravenna's a girl name. That's why I said she, that sounds feminine to me. Okay, or you know what? Like I said, girls have kind of boy names, boys have girl names, and some people have what-the-hell names. <laughs> They've written three stories. And, oh, oh. And, oh, she's an amateur author. Oh, she's a, you can tell she, this, you can tell they read a lot. And also, oh, yeah, she, she knew the disclaimer. <laughs> Does anyone do disclaimers in their stories anymore? It's pretty obvious they aren't the owner. Or maybe. For YouTube. I don't think for fan fiction, I haven't seen a disclaimer in forever, actually, so. Valid point. It's, it's a matter. I, I think Ravenna Blake is right. It doesn't. Unless you're trying to sell it, then it does. But if you're not making money, technically it doesn't matter under laws. And she is really Doctor Who-centric, and her other works are The Slow Path and Paradox Prime. And, okay, she has been working with Doctor Ten and a Half. Wait, is, is that Peter? Okay, is that Peter Capaldi? I think that's him. There's Sometimes I get lost on the Doctor's. And the and the doctor, I don't the second one doesn't say which one it is, but bad wolf, so it has to be in the tens somewhere. Oh yeah, so yeah, that was so if you do like Doctor Who, go to Ravenna Blake's profile. It's she has quality, not quantity. That's that's how I describe it. And yeah, so give her a like, tell her to keep up the good work, and yeah, but she just looks pr this pretty. 407 favorites, so she's pretty active, so she's somewhere might be more of a lurker than a writer, but honestly, that might not be a bad thing. And also, they're all T, so they're, no, wait. One is rated M, but I don't know if that's for violence, or, you know what, that's not always porn, actually, it could be violence or language, like, legitimate language, like, not just ass, like, the C-word kind of language. <laughs> but they're British. So, if you like Doctor Who, go check her out. And that was, that's all I have. And and that was our New Year's Eve episode of Wide World of Fan Fiction. Thank you for listening. Oh, and if you want to submit your own, 
you brave, brave, brave soul. You can do it through the Facebook page or the Tumblr page. Where you should not hire writers from. Well, unless they're good. Don't trust them with entire TV episodes. That... <laughs> That's a lot of feelings. <laughs> And also, if you know, if you can be a sponsor or something, you can contact me too. Not that I need the money, because I do make money, but I do like money. And a second microphone would be great. But that was Wide World of Fan Fiction. Thank you for listening. Happy New Year if I upload it. I'm going to make a note in my Google Calendar to upload this on the 30th. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day.